The Liking King Xavier is making his final march on the embattled humans to bring on the end of an age and usher in the dawning of a new, more fierce one, where he will dominate over his subjects with an iron claw. Follow along with Michael, a half-vampire, Matthew, the werewolf, Azeel, the witch, Bailey, the warrior, and Lana, the young woman who is much more than anyone knows, as they attempt to bring Xavier and his army to heal. And like in Fallout 3, End of an Age. This is the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. But we are not here to discuss parkways and cigar festivals. We are here to discuss Lycan Fallout 3, End of an Age. Have we all done our homework today, this week? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that is good. So I'm going to start by introducing everybody, because I notice when I, when I do this on the audio, you don't know who's talking or who anybody is, unless you read the descriptions, and a lot of people don't. Mm. Um, so joining me this week, uh, we got a, a panel of veterans. We got Amber Smith back again, as always. Hey, guys. We got Aaron Hobbs finally jumping back on. Yo, yo, yo. And joining us for the second week in a row is Ms. Dak. Don't call me Jeff Daniels. <laughs> I missed that joke last week. I'm sorry, Dak. I was very upset with myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. I'm like, oh, my God, I missed a perfectly obvious joke. You dumbass. <laughs> oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So it's always next time. Exactly. So, so this book starts, uh, the citizens of Talbotton, they're beaten, they're bruised, they're beat up. They just fought a war with, against the werewolves, but also against the humans. It's kind of a, a one-two punch that they had at the end of this story. And they mm-hmm. beat the humans. They beat the people of Denarth and, and the other cities and towns or whatever you want to call them, villages. And then the lichens and the werewolves all came after them and they had catapults and they were bombing the walls and they took a lot of heat and they got beat up. So they are kind of just trekking across the, uh, the plains here to get to Denarth that hopefully Denarth will take them in. And they take in some of the people, but they leave Mike outside. Mike and Matthew are not welcome inside the city walls. And Mike has the great line of, you know, it's, it's when you need me to make a funny joke, or fight your wars, I'm your guy, but you don't want me in your city walls. And kind of goes, poli- not political, but it's your typical, you know, the heads of states and the higher-ups, they do all the planning while the soldiers and the grunts go out and do all the fighting while the people stay protected behind their walls. And with the exception of Lana, her father is kind of the same way. He does that as well. So they're trying to seek refuge. They take in some of the people from Talbotton, but not all of them. So Mike, Matthew, and Augie leave, uh, and they kind of get surrounded by, by watchers. And the watchers, as we, we don't know fully what they are yet, Tommy kind of touched base on them a little bit at the end of the first story, but they're like, they're shadows. And then in the shadows, they get, you see faces and Mike sees faces of everybody he's ever known that has passed away. He sees his kids. He sees Tommy. He sees, you know, Durgan, Deneau. He doesn't see Deneau, but he doesn't see Tracy. That kind of bothers him. And he's kind of, he's wondering why he's not seeing 
his beloved, the one person that he wants to see, he's not seeing. You know, he see, and in the midst of it all, Ron's daughter, who we know from Zombie Fallout, is Ron is Mike's niece. He sees a picture of her real quick, and she just says, "Run," and then Mike hightails it out of there. And it's it's kind of where the story begins because it's this whole story. I, kind of babbling here and trying to figure all this out how i want to how i want to word this the right way it turns into a rescue story but at the beginning of it it's it's a it's a good continuation of the second book um i like that it continued on with the whole story and you kind of got a little bit more as to what xavier and his brother all want his littermate as you want to call it or whatever and, and how they want to do all this what was everybody else's thoughts in the beginning of all this with the 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 the, the watchers and the shadows or the the smoke people or whatever it is that you want to call them? Amber, we'll start with you. Um, I loved it because I felt like um Mike was I, I loved it and I hated how Mike was being treated because it was like seriously, if it wasn't for him, like there'd be a lot more death in the situation. And it does kind of suck that everybody's like um the people at the north are just like, you know, sticking their nose up at him. And it's like, bro, it's like Honestly, if it wasn't for you guys trying to be greedy, like this, like we could have seriously put a dent in the lichens, but you guys weren't. And now you're like trying to hold your head up high because the lichens decided to attack Tableton and not you and not you. You know what I mean? That's pretty much what it is. They they chose to get Tableton and not Denard. So it's like only because of that choice is the reason you guys are still standing. Like mm -hmm. for for And um I think when it came to like the watchers and everything like that, it's very weird because you don't know what it is there's this is just an a thought process of mark twofold's mind of a weird creature entity thing because they're not ghosts they're not apparitions they're not that weird what's that what the hell was that movie with the midget culture guys the culture guys they're not those, like what are these things you know what i mean it's like you don't know what the heck is going on mm -hmm. so it's interesting that mike gets trapped in there and then um Obviously, Azil is pissed again. <laughs> and Mike going in there, he's like, I didn't do anything. I just walked in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Dak, what about you? Um, I thought it was really interesting. And, and uh, they called it the advancing, right? Something like uh, that, yeah, uh, if our memory serves. Yeah, they couldn't uh, remember if they were, like, uh, malicious or empathetic. Like, they couldn't figure out what they are. And it was interesting that only... Um, Mike and uh, I just forgot Ezel. Matthew. Thank you. Yep. But um, so, yeah, um, those two are the only ones really getting to see it. But then uh, Matthew's brought in on it because one of them reach out and touch him and like he starts having symptoms of getting really cold and breathing out like uh, the frost. Yeah, he's got. He can feel that he can't see yeah. it, but he can feel the chills yeah. on his body. Thank you. And so, um, yeah, I really thought it was great. Like with the faces going by, that was really cool and it, really good um, question that was brought up during it. It's like, where's to know? Mm -hmm. Like, because she was, and it's like, is she dead? She better be dead. I hope she's dead. <laughs> Well, I think so I after 170 was, years, she should yes. be, but you never know with her. No, you don't. And I really thought it was interesting that Matthew, um, when they were talking before they left to go get in trouble, 
that uh, Mike was the face of the war. And I thought that was a really interesting for, thing for him to say, because mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, he's, the, like he's the hero. Without him, the, 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 the Landians and I forget the other names of the other people, the other uh, tribes that came in, they yeah. would go over. They would have gotten all the guns. They would have gotten yeah. through the tunnel. And, you know, that whole thing that happened with Bailey and Mike, where they were kind of in a standoff, they would have, they, without Mike, the whole thing would have fallen apart. And, yeah. you know, Matthew recognizes that. Bailey finally comes to recognize it. And Azeel is just, you know, she's team Mike all the time. So that's always a good thing. So, oh, amen. Yeah. Aaron, what were your thoughts, brother? Um, this was, it, am, am I remembering this correctly? Where towards the end of the, the right before he saw the, it wasn't Nicole, I can't remember the niece's name, but this is when he starts seeing all of his, um, all of his, uh, uh, all the villains in his in his previous books, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, he saw all the people that he loved, and then the villains started to come out, and that's when the and then he there. saw a Genojarian, an Not alligator, like, I saw an alligator a, type yeah, like creature. A, yeah, yeah, he kind of works. Alligator thing. Does anybody else get excited when he mentions stuff that you know from another story? Like, I know what that is finally, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like part of that exclusive group that, you know, you're in the know. Like, I know what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that comes up a little bit later, though, when he's running with the zombies, that he sees yep. all of those. I think here he just saw uh, the, the niece was, I think, the only one that was familiar to him mm-hmm. in the first part of the book. Yeah, then she says, okay. she says, run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Creepily. Fail me now. And he leaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Matthew I gets kind of consumed by I, it. And Mike, he runs, but he's in there. But you find out that he's, when he wakes, he wakes up. And Azil and Bailey and Matthew are there. They find <laughs> out he's kind of been out for three days. So whatever happened to him... Uh, it took him for three. He was in there for three days. He thought it was three minutes. You know, so it's like the whole dream world where, you, you know, you think you're dreaming for hours and they say each dream is only two or three minutes long. Like, what is this whole spirit thing that that is going on? That's that's that took him for three whole friggin days. That purgatory, that place in between that uh that that land that he visits in other places that place that trip probably lives in and sells <laughs> drugs out of yeah it could be it could be. you never know so but we get to a point where you, you see a nook took or amy as her real name is now one thing i didn't pick up on in the first book he kind of talked he, he talked about it but i, I didn't think it was important because i'm kind of listening to this new again because i don't i read it you know, listen to it like two years ago, and I don't remember it all. But the Landians were founded by a guy that used to work at McDonald's. Or Amir, right? Yeah, Amir, Amir, Amir. whatever it was. And their logo and their their tribal thing is the McDonald's M. And it really kind of comes into play in this story. And, uh, you know, when they scream Mickey D's as their war chant at the end... (laughs) But uh, Anuk took in the Landians, they confront Xavier. And they're telling him, listen, you're not welcome here. You got to go. And Xavier's on his high horse and he's doing his things. And he eats one of the elderly people in the group or somebody, one of the the, the, the Lycans eat one of the elderly people in the group. 
and the lichen dies because the person ate an abundance of grapes. And I guess grapes are poisonous to canines that Matthew says. So anybody out there, a little PSA for you, if you got canines, stay away from grapes and chocolate. Apparently I knew about chocolate. I did not know about grapes. So, you know, this book was for me, (laughs) but how many grapes do you have to eat to be poisoned? I mean, I thought anybody's ever going to find out that, you know, the dog's going to eat them or anything like that. But, you know, how many grapes do you have to eat to, to become poisoned to a lichen? That's a, a hell of a lot of grapes. And can you do it with wine or does that not work the same? I like the way you think. I'm willing to try. <laughs> yeah. Let there be a lichen where I'll get wine drunk. That's fine. There you go. <laughs> and if not, you uh-huh. just be happy while you're getting eaten, you know? Yep. <laughs> I like to smile. So. But yeah, that's what kind of happens. And it's it's kind of crazy. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you uh, Anuk took, that's her, her. She took on a more Indian name. They were in part of the, one of the tribes that uh, kind of left Mike alone when he was up in up in Maine. They The Lycans don't know what's going on. They freak out and they leave them alone. And then it's, you know, it's next scene. We got Mike and Matthew come across about two dozen zombies that are on the path of Dinarth. And they got to try to steer these this horde away. And they got no vehicles. They got no horses. They got no nothing. So it's, you know, they, they start running the Boston Marathon to try to get, to try to protect Dinarth and his people that are outside the walls, most of them, from this horde of zombies going towards Three of Dinarth. them. Huh? Mm-hmm. Three, three, three Boston marathons. Three, yeah, it was sixty miles that they yeah. ran, and they're flat out exhausted. You know, Mike. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's, it's Mike, Matthew, and Augie trying to run this flat out. They can't take a break. They can't stop for the night. They can't do anything. Um, I think it would be game over for me at that point. Uh, Aaron, as, as you just said, you're at your fighting shape. You're not. You're not ready to hike. You know, mountains, never mind, run 60 miles. Zero. How far do you think all of you would last if if you had to do that? Because I can't run to the end of my driveway without <laughs> just the way my body is. I knew a mile. I've been trying to get in shape for some some uh, personal goals lately. Mm-hmm. And my my goal is to not die by the time my watch says I've hit a mile. And I've I've met that goal two out of three times lately. So I've got a mile in me. So 59 of them, somebody else is going to have to carry the team. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love that for you. Yeah, I am not a runner <laughs> at all. Like in any in any way, shape, or form. Like yep. I am a I am a shuffler zombie apocalypse girl. Like I'm if there's anyone that can even skip, I'm fucking out. Like I'm even playing that game. So if they were if I'm like like I could probably walk five to ten miles if they mm-hmm. were shufflers, but I think even after that, like I'm I'm not get a fast I'm a, walk I'm a, and, you know, then you get a leg cramp. I'm out. Yeah, I, I like to lift heavy, not not do cardio, so I'd be screwed. Yeah, you can yeah. carry you can carry just, Augie on your shoulders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm disabled, and my goal is to walk a mile. So I would be out. I would fall down, and you guys could run, and like they would just eat me. So you would we sacrifice we, sacrifice <laughs> yeah. the one for the need of the many, as Mike yeah. would put it. So yeah. sorry, Jack. It was nice knowing you. 
Yeah. Been a pleasure. I I would do the dramatic reach back for you. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll do it. Without me, save yourselves. Well, let's hope we never have to get to a zombie apocalypse where we have to actually put any of this into uh, into real play or anything like that. So, um, so much happens in this book, and Mm -hmm. I I don't want to give away too much. I mean, the ending of it is kind of crazy. The middle of it is is a lot of. I think there's a lot more fighting in this book than there was in the other two did anybody else notice that yeah i've got it in my notes yeah i've got it in my notes that i took of the book like i've, I've got a every time i get ready to do the podcast i'm like oh i gotta write this stuff down because this is funny and i don't want to forget it but this mm-hmm. is hands down the best fight sequence book that he does i just i i've every time i read it i'm like this is really well done these fight sequences like instead of just sitting back and going like all right somebody's getting their ass whooped or you know this bad thing this bad thing like this one there's times when it slows down you know there's a fight towards the end where they end up being the only people pretty much the only combatants on the field there's other times where he's like i'm zoned like it is is by far his best like zone in i feel like i'm watching this fight on you know showtime mm-hmm. it really mm-hmm. does yeah the i think the best part was the land mike's after he does all the stuff and he, he catches up you know the zombies catch up with him finally or the lichens are catching up with him mickey from the landian tribe is is rescuing mike he's pulling him back and mike's like you smell like shit and he's like good I pour, I, he, they smear werewolf shit on their bodies to draw off the scent of the werewolves and of the lichen. I don't know I if I can do that. Yeah, you could. You could do it. <laughs> Amber, could you're shaking your head no. You, nah, nah. Ever, ever since I've seen it in Walking Dead where they had the, like, they, they just go straight to the guts, man. There's, nah. Pouring it nah, all over I yourself. Could, nah. It makes you wonder, like, what would what would you do to survive something like this? I don't plan on surviving. Like, I never wanted to be like that's I'm, I'm way too coddled for that shit. No, you're an early adopter of going out. I going yeah, out early. I'm, I'm just I accepted that. I started watching Walking Dead, and I'm like, I'm not built for that. I'm not built for this. Like, I mean, most of the people on that show weren't built for it either. I mean, if you look at Carol. You know, she was the meek little housewife who becomes a bona fide badass by, yeah. you know, like an abused four husband. or five or whatever she is. Yeah. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's she's taking names and, you know, she's yeah. kicking names and taking asses, as the saying goes. That's true. She is a complete badass. But I'm telling you, the first time I go hungry, I'm like, I'm done. It's cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> so be it all right what do i got i got the throw set uh they get into a, a huge fight mike this mike and matthew and all of them got the the werewolves and you know the werewolves are starting to turn and they're coming after him and xavier tells mike if you give me matthew i'll let you go i'll let you mm-hmm. guys all go you can go about your lives he just wants matthew Mike doesn't want to give up Matthew because Matthew's his friend and Matthew knows how to brew beer. You know, yep. and he hasn't written down the recipe as we found out, you know, later on in the book that, you know, Mike won't know how to brew beer because Matthew didn't write down the recipe. You know, I thought that was a pretty funny joke, but 
you got to wonder why does he want Matthew? Does he want Matthew because he's a werewolf and he just wants to kind of control everything? But we find out that he wants to know how Matthew can can Matthew can switch on a dime. Oh, it's kind of. He can go from werewolf to human form at you know at will. It doesn't have to be the full moon. But when it's the full moon, he can't turn out of his werewolf mode. He can't go back to human, which I found interesting in the whole like and lore of things. Um, yeah. Uh, is that, I'm not a lichen werewolf kind of guy. I don't know if you guys have ever read any other kind of lichen books or werewolf books or anything like that. I know Mark will sometimes take liberties with kind of changing folklore of zombies and, and things like that. Is that something that is in a werewolf lichen thing where they, some of them can change, but during the full moon, they can't? Switch back to human form? I have no idea. I, I think I never watched the Twilight Harry, series, so I have no idea how werewolves act. I just know they it, one of them walked around without a shirt on for the entire movie. I'm like, I saw one with my daughter. I'm like, why isn't the werewolf eating the girl? She's right there. She's annoying. Facts, facts. Yeah. I think with Twilight, they can change at will. Um, but I think on but I don't think they were werewolves. I think they were actually wolves. So they weren't werewolves. So I don't think they had anything to do with the moon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and but then you look at Harry Potter and he um he was cool except for when the moon hit and then he was like didn't matter, he's changed into a werewolf and he doesn't know what's going on. So mm -hmm. that there's like I think it, it all goes up to whatever the author wants to say about it, but I think Azil knocked it on the head when she was like, you know, he's a valuable asset because if he, if Xavier doesn't have to wait one day out of the month to um to have his battle, then he's he's going to be pretty much unstoppable at that point. Oh yeah, because the and still you get into the whole uh, they say that you know that Xavier's ruining our food supply because he keeps turning humans into werewolves to fight his battle. Mm -hmm the lichens eat the humans but they're turning the humans they're not so he's a for the he's sacrificing his own food supply technically is his own kind to make werewolves to fight this small ragtag band of humans that just seem to be giving him such a hard time and i think the one thing that i never really understood like are humans their only food source or do they just really really prefer to eat humans really prefer yeah because they live for they, like i said they live for generations as humans disguised as humans living amongst them but kind of sleeping in caves and living in caves and xavier is the one that really is getting them out into the forefront to say we're going to be the dominant species i'm the lichen king we're going to kill the humans and we are going to or the humans are going to bow to us and we're going to be the the, the the rulers of the world. That's what sure. Xavier's goal in all of this is. Xavier, he seems like he's just a little delusional. And like, is he the only lichen that wants this? Because like, how did he get this bug to be the king and like to want to be more like humans, even though they don't? And he's going completely against his nature. Mm -hmm. so it's like he has a lot of adversity but like who are his really supporters that want to do it i mean they like eating humans and hanging out but 
I think he's a bully. I think Xavier's a bully, and he, it's it's whoever. He, I think he does it through intimidation. Um, I don't think they had you know werewolf you know like in elections or anything like that. In, you know, they don't have open elections or anything. I think he's just a a, a big bully, and that's how he became the Lycan King was through intimidation. He's very smart. Uh, he seems very book smart and street smart. He knew back in, you know, way back when to stay away from the zombies when one of them ate a zombie and became really, really sick and died. He knew to stay away from the zombie because something wasn't right. He had that in his head. Something isn't right with this one. This one seems a little off. Let's stay away from it. And he's kind of become the de facto Lycan King for the most, for the most part. Kind of until the end. Yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest, he's the biggest bully in a species of bullies. So he's like the Durgan of Lycan. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I mean, there's a lot of fight scenes in this, in this story. There's the one where they, you Mm -hmm. know, they got to climb the trees. I didn't know that Lycans couldn't climb trees or werewolves couldn't try, yeah, climb trees, climb trees or anything like that. But bears can climb trees, but werewolves can't climb trees. Or is that how that works? Again, I don't know too much about werewolves. I, I've never heard of a wolf climbing a tree. Um, I, I heard a reference to it once in another book that I was reading before, but um, uh, actually, a book that Mark references in Zombie Fallout. I don't know if you ever heard of Clan of the Cave Bear, um, but that book series, they've referenced river wolves that just because of where they lived, they were used to climbing up trees to get away from like the marshy areas that they, that they um, hunted at. But that was like an evolutionary mm-hmm. uh, tactic that they developed. I don't, you got to think about it. How easily can a dog uh, climb a tree? Yeah, it's true. Dogs can't, able, can't climb trees. Yeah. They might be able to run up it, but the climate like effectively probably wouldn't work out the best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Agreed. Might be the the fact that werewolves only get to practice their form once a month, whereas the lichens get to walk around in them all the time. So maybe they just do leisurely shit. Like I'm gonna go swim. I'm gonna go, you know, build a kayak or something. And <laughs> werewolves are like, "Fuck, I've got six hours to do this shit in. How am I supposed to learn how to climb a tree? What's next?" Yeah, <laughs> valid. Good point. So, so we kind of get you know a lot of stuff in the middle, but as we get toward for the, the the middle of the end, Mike. The whole point of this is they are they they're all trying to get back to Talbotin to get into that tunnel to get the weapons. Um, you know the weapons can destroy the lichen. It's it's the whole you know fighting the uh, you know the, the 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 American Indians where they don't they just got bows and arrows. The lichens just got the werewolves. They want the guns, so they get back to the tunnel. And Azil has put a spell. On the tunnel, and they can't see. Well, you can't see. The lichens can't see where the doors are because of Azil's spell. But if Mike shakes his head, he can make out some of the door, which Azil attributes to Mike's powers kind of becoming, well, not powers, but his abilities, or as a, a vampire, kind of becoming a little bit more in tuned and intense that he can do something like that. Mm-hmm. But you never really hear about them getting the guns. That kind of threw me off where they, they still don't fight with the guns at the end of it because Mike gets in the big battle with Xavier, but nobody's got a gun on. 
I missed that. Oh, did I miss something? No, I missed it. I didn't even catch that. Well, I think... Would BT have won... Was BT, you think, the person that told them they needed to keep that cache of weapons? Because you wouldn't think of a cache of weapons being the worst thing that ever happened to everyone because of the fighting about who wants control of them. Yeah, no, I don't think Mm -hmm. that that was in... uh... You know, that was a, yeah. his, his thought process. It was just to protect yourself. That's exactly. kind of what you need to protect yourself. If it's, if his stuff is coming, you, you got to need weapons to protect yourself and protect your family and the people you love. But yeah. I don't ever recall they have a, they have a, a conversation. Mike and Azil have a conversation and Mike and Bailey have a conversation. You know, Mike asking Bailey, are we good? You know, and she says, you don't try to kill me. I won't try to kill you. And Bailey's kind of getting a little more feisty with Mike and having that, that Tynes DNA blood mm-hmm. running through her where she kind of gave Mike shit a little bit kind of as B, like BT used to do with her yeah but I, I don't still- think that they yeah I don't think that they mentioned that they were using guns because if I'm not mistaken um Mike is going straight to go find Matthew so they're not fighting anymore they're tracing after the lichen yeah so, they didn't so really I wasn't get- crazy I listened to them like but they, yeah, no, they, they can they see, but they up. never physically go into the room to get the guns, and they never say. Yeah, they, the ra- guns. they racked up. They racked up. Like Bailey's people were like grabbing what they could or whatever. But their initial goal was to like cut out and try to chase after uh, Matthew. So I don't think it was necessarily like that big of a like we're here, grab the shit, and let's go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because they're still trying to catch up to um, the liking that got Matthew. Yeah, I love the whole thing with Mike and Lana with Mike. Lana kind of, just, <laughs> he's just there the whole time. And Azil just wants to ditch her. You know, it's like a little sister. Like, can I come with you, please? And, you know, they try to get up early to leave. And Lana's like, all right, good. We're up. Let's go. And Lana's right there at the front door waiting to go. And then Mike finally, when they're all together, he tells Lana that today's her lucky day. And, you know, we're going to have babies until you can't have babies no more. And we're going to go, go, go. And, you kind of see Lana's face or, you know, you read about Lana's face that she's kind of taken back by like, Whoa, what's going on? Mike's calling her bluff. It's like, you know, finally after three books and all the shit that she's talking about with you and being betrothed and she loves Mike and she wants to be with him. Mike's like, fine, fuck it. Let's go. Come on. We got five minutes. Here's a tree, here's a log, whatever we're going to do. You know, let's, let's go, honey. And it's, I love that part. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and I really, you know what, personally, I want to know a little bit more about Lana. Like, I feel like I wouldn't mind a bit of a background on her. Like, how did she become such a fierce fighter? Like, you would think that her dad would keep her under, like, a tighter, like, where does her perseverance come from? Like, her, like, that, like, who she is. You know what I mean? She doesn't seem like the princess that she is. And it's really, uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, they say that when when Mike's talking about them, but you know, Lana's like a ninja, but we don't yeah. know how she got her powers. But in a battle, she's one of the most fierce people in that battle. And it even happens at the end when they, they get Matthew back off of the battlefield. There's still one body out on the field and it's it's Lana. And Mike's like, shit, I got to go get her. And Xavier's thinking, you know, he's all high and mighty and, you know, collect your dead and do all this. And Mike goes down to try to pick up Lana and she cracks a joke with them. And he's like, you know, whenever mm-hmm. can I make a 200 year old vampire cry? And he's like, holy shit. She was faking it. She was playing possum 
the whole time just kind of shows that as an 18 year old in a post utopia world, she's kind of like a, a, a hunter or a uh, who's the, no winter, sorry, not hunter winter and, and cedar. She's kind of a, she badass. reminds me of winter. She reminds me of winter and cedar. Like yeah, very she much would, so. I think she would have been a great character in that story as kind of, you know, a, a third sister or, or something to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would like to know more about Lana's backstory too, because like she's great with horses. She has mm -hmm. all these fighting skills. And when um, the word princess is used with her, it always seems like there's a little spin on it. Like she's not really a princess. Like even when she says it, like there's so much sarcasm in it. So I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, it's but kind of yeah, it's interesting. And I'm not sure if they touch base on it in the next book or um I mean they probably don't in uh in Demon Followed or now that it's being called I think they they I don't know if you noticed if you look at it in Audible or in a they're now it. calling it Like and Follow Demon Wars. It's not okay. Demon Followed anymore and they changed the cover. Oh, did they? Yeah, I didn't even it, notice. it looks more like the Lycan Fallout um, it kind of goes more in chronological order because when we talked to Mark uh, one of the past shows, he said, yeah, I, I kind of didn't think that one through when we were titling it because some people read Demon Fallout first and were totally lost and didn't know what they were doing. You know, mm. they were so confused. And he said, oh, it's, a, it's the ending of the Lycan series. You got to go back and read it. And I think now with Lycan, you know, six being out, it's okay. We're just going to go in chronological order. Here's Lycan Fallout, Demon Wars. Yeah, Demon Fallout kind of confused me in the beginning when I could, I, I binged Lycan Fallout and I was like, okay, what's the next one? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, demons. I'm like, where, what are we doing? I only have one audible credit right now. Um, <laughs> it was like a big, it was like a big, it was a big gamble for me. And it took, I think you don't really, jump into it knowing that it's the next part until like after the beginning of it like the very you know the prologue or whatever and then i'm like oh okay so i'm good yeah yeah it should be i'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that to, to to reading that one again reading the whole series i haven't listened to the new one yet aaron you got it right already yeah yeah i haven't listened but on okay. audible i'm looking at it right now yep. i've got so i've got four which is immortality's touchstone four and a half Listed as Demon Fallout, then five is Demon Wars. Hmm. What? That's different. Yeah. What are That's... we? So what are we reading next week? We're on four. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, okay, what what is it? Life's consequences. Right. Being a teenager. What's it called? You just said it. I can't remember. Let's see. That one is Immortality's Touchstone. Immortality's Touchstone. No consequences for anything. Just Immortality's Touchstone. Gotcha. Plenty of consequences. Which would be good because at the you know they get through the battle i think the mike xavier battle i liked better than a mike durgan fight mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i thought this one was better and even in the first fight when they fight in the trees and when everybody's up in the trees and mike ends up sticking his uh his hatchet in xavier's side you know it's embedded in him it's like right there bitch you mm -hmm. know he ain't messing messing around with it, and you get yeah, two I, big fights with mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah. You really do. But before we touch on uh the Mike and Xavier fight, uh really mm-hmm. quick, was anybody else interested on the fact that Matthew like really didn't dive into the fact that um Xavier got the 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 um the information that he needed that he was taking a special plant to help him transform. Like he he seemed really like uh like guilty and standoffish about it. Like he he didn't want to give all the information that he had about um about him using that plant to help him transform. Like I think it's a weird thing to keep out of the conversation when you're discussing like when he first met Mike just talking about how he, you know, learned how to change and control it. Like I think that was just very vital information that like I feel like Matthew kind of really skirted over. You think it was something he didn't want to share at first or had Mark not realized how do I do this so he can turn at will? <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it seemed more like he was. Ash- it seemed more like he was ashamed. Like mm-hmm. if someone, like if you're a bodybuilder and you're like, oh, I did like somebody compliment you on your good work, and you're like, oh yeah, but I take steroids, and I'm not going to say anything about it. But I look good, right? You know what I mean? I'm doing a great job. Like I felt like he was that level of ashamed. Like he was doing something. Like he was cheating or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's got to be a reason why he's the only one that can change at will. And that, that's mm-hmm. one of the re- things, you know, Luno saw him do that. And Lunos reported back to Xavier. Lunos is Xavier's uh, litter mate or his brother, if you want to call it. Uh, and that's how he knew. So that's why they captured, that's why they wanted Matthew was to find out how was he doing this? Because if they can figure, if, if the, the Lycans can fall, figure out how Matthew will, can turn from man into werewolf whenever, this is, you know, it's a, it's a game changer. This is their nuclear bomb. This is, we don't have to wait to fight a battle every 30 days. We can fight whenever they want. The Lycans can attack the humans whenever they want and use the werewolves as their minions to go and do their battling for them. So yeah. I think that's why he did it. And he found the little, the, the, the package of herbs or whatever it was in his bag and was wondering what that was. And he started feeding it to some of the werewolves, the other people. And there's got to be the right dosage of it. You know, you take too little, it doesn't do anything. Take too much, you know, some of them died. And I think they finally found the right mixture. And Matthew was found it by accident because he thought it would be good in his beer. You yeah. Know? And that's probably why Matthew, when he changes, he can kind of control himself if he's drinking. We kind of realize, well, what, what's in the beer? Is it the weed? Is it the barley? Is it the hops? What is it? It's that one ingredient that he was putting in at that one plant or, 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 or herb into his beer that would help him control his human side over his werewolf side. And Xavier wants the real to hero of the that. story. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You know, he he was the human guinea pig, so to speak. But he didn't care because he had nothing. He's out there on his own, living by himself, and that's what Xavier wanted. Xavier doesn't care how many humans he has to kill or sacrifice to get what he wants. He's kind of, you know, yeah. Kind of get it. He is a bad. Yeah. He's not a good, he's not a good liking at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the bad um, boy, but the, 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 the end fight. I absolutely loved because mm-hmm. it goes into the whole they're fighting. And Mike knows there's no way he can beat him. Xavier is huge. 
And it kind of brought us to this week's question that I posed to you guys. And we'll talk about that in a minute where a lichen is about the size of a genogerian, if not bigger. And Mike has to fight this thing and he's got flashbacks and remembrance. And he's talking a little about when he's in his, his chronic state or, or whatever it is, when he's doing his thing, when he, when he, he passes out, <laughs> he kind of goes into the spirit world a little bit, which Mike does a lot in this book. Uh, he loses consciousness from either exhaustion or getting beat up in a fight or, or, or anything like that. He has to fight Xavier. And how do you fight an eight foot high werewolf who, and he says, if me and Matthew wrapped our arms around him, we still wouldn't be able to touch each other. That's how wide and big Xavier is as a lichen. And Mike ends up, you know, lucky shot or whatever it is, gets a piece of his leg. And, you know, Xavier's so high and mighty on himself. He kind of, he's kind of like a progerian where he doesn't think a puny little human can beat him, but he ends up doing it. You know, this puny little human ends up getting the best of him because why? He's Michael fucking Talbot, you know? Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting a piece of Xavier and Mike just goes, F it, and goes full vamp and bites Xavier's neck. And I gave an audible like, yeah, that was kind of a badass moment where it wasn't. He fought him with his, his, you know, he outwitted him. He outskilled him, but he used what he had to his advantage. And you see the darker side of Mike. And we've talked about this before where he just went full vamp on Xavier and bit into his carotid artery and didn't let go until he was done. You know, yeah, he killed the first like, and he encountered that way. And then he killed the biggest like, and he encountered that way. Yeah. It was awesome. I loved it. I, I liked the girl. And I thought she was pretty funny when they did this shit joke about she would eat them and they'd become one. And then for people who had to witness him as a bowel movement or I'm sorry, shit. But yeah, yeah. Where he's, he's, he's teasing, teasing the lichen blocking the cave to uh, yeah. Talbotton. She didn't realize he was an old one or that or, or exactly who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were really a lot of great battles, different ones. The way Aaron was saying that he speeded them up. Some were like just grueling, and then others were like just mono and mono and threw a woman in. I thought it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, the book doesn't slow down, where sometimes the middle books are kind of filler in some of the series. This one really didn't slow down a little bit. This one kind of he put his foot on the gas on this one and you get more, you know, you find out more about the zombies and there's the lichen and you find out a little bit more of the lichen lore where with Lunos and Xavier, that what Lunos's actual plan is, is he wants Xavier out of the way because he wants to be the lichen King. He wants the rule. And he flat out tells Mike, listen, I want you to kill my brother so I can kill you because Mm -hmm. Xavier can't kill his brother because all the other lichens will turn on him but if he can get mike to kill him and then xavier and then luno lunos kills mike it's like okay a why are you telling me this and 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 b how would you how would you like me to do this what makes you think that after i kill your brother i'm not just going to come to kill kind of going to kill you afterwards you know what's the purpose of of telling me this arrogance could be. Did anybody else have that that thought process in their head, or 
I I think I think uh uh he was playing a long game. He's like, I know I can't kill my brother. I probably can't kill you. Mm-hmm. So if I help you kill my brother, mm, I work from there. Like it's a, I think mm-hmm. it was a very, uh, I think it was a situation where he he was just trying to beat beat the lesser of two evils. Like mm-hmm. he knows that at the end of the day his brother got to go, but mm-hmm. I can't, I I can't do it. I'm just gonna help you do it. Yeah, you know, it's the enemy of my, the enemy of my enemy is my friend until the enemy is defeated, and then or. You know, and then they're no longer friends. Then they're enemies. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, yep. you know, it's the NBA brackets. You're just kind of whittling them down, whittling them down, and until the the two are are right there at the end, ready to do battle, and they win. Mike wins. Mike beats Xavier, and you'd think that would be the end of the story, but it's not because it keeps continuing. And it's you know we got we're gonna do book four next week and. This book had more epilogues and Talbotsodes, I think, than any of his others, or it's right up there with him. Because whenever he said epilogue one, I was like, ooh, okay, there's still got an hour left in this book. Yeah. Yeah. What what is how long is this epilogue? How many epilogues are we doing? Uh, and the Talbotsode was just, you know, the whole Walmart thing was just absolutely hilarious. But I like the epilogue because it kind of, t- I didn't realize Mike died defeating Xavier, um, where he's kind of in purgatory limbo and he's there with Tommy. And Mike and Tommy kind of have that more of a bonding moment where they're going to walk through purgatory and try to figure out where they are. And Mike says, I'm going to hold your hand. And this isn't creepy because I adopted you and you're my adopted son. And all I'm doing is I'm walking through purgatory. They never really say purgatory, but we kind of assume that it is yeah. holding my son's hand. And, and Tommy's still that nice, sweet Tommy, like, oh, thank you, Mr. T. And, you know, it's great. And you don't really find out until they're approached by the devil or Satan or whatever. He ends up calling him the devil. They see kind of a, a door or a window that they, they don't know whether to go through it because they can't figure out how they're going to get out of where they are. And the devil approaches him with this demon approaches them and says, if you could have one thing back, if you get your soul back, because that's what you're looking for, what would you do? And Tommy says, find my sister. And that took me back a little, you know, back a little bit thinking, you want to find your sister? Where are we going with this? Why would you want to find your sister who is nothing but a horrible person to you, who is responsible for so much death and destruction but tommy still has that love for his evil conniving bitch sister that he still wants to find her mm-hmm. you know yeah was i alone in that thought process or anybody else i was shocked that he said that he wanted to go find her it wasn't like let's get out of here mr t and go back we have work to do mm-hmm. it was like they weren't really sure and tommy called um the demon, the great deceiver. So I assumed it was Satan because uh, they called him the great deceiver when uh, Lizzie wanted to, when he talked to them and she did the circle and like she summoned him. Mm -hmm. Well, we find out too that in the last battle, Azil can feel a strong presence on the other side 
of the battlefield. Like it's kind of they're on a hill. Um, and Azil's doing her spell, and the lichens, they find out the lichens with the, 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 the medallions that they have, or whatever it is that they gave them from Matthew, that they can only turn at will for three hours at a time. And Azil picks up on that. But as she's doing her spells and trying to make things work for her, she's, there's a strong presence right over that ridge. And Mike says, well, we'll deal with that problem later. So I'm assuming, because I really don't remember this series that well, that we're going to find out what that other problem is, who this person or deity is, and that is battling Azil's powers and has equal I thought that was greater powers of Azil. I thought it was pretty cool as like the werewolves who were at the very beginning of the fight, they had one, you know, that they were, I guess they took whatever the drugs Matthew had and they were coming through, but Azil's spell was having them like half change back. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, some of these werewolves are coming through and all of a sudden they just have a werewolf head and they've got human bodies. I was like, that's fucked up, Mark. (laughs) Go get some therapy, my guy. Jesus. That's a mind fuck right there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Half half lichen head with a man body. You know, that's creepy. I think I was surprised. With, I, I, I feel like I wanted to be surprised that Tommy said he would go back to his sister. But then I just I really wasn't. The only reason he even got back in cahoots with uh, um, with like the Talbots is because, you know, Lizzie died. You know what I mean? And it's like it's a big like. I, I'm a little estranged from my sisters and stuff, so I don't really understand that depth of like love but you can tell from like the other um from when you dive into tommy and eliza's story like you understand but i'm like how far does that loyalty like how far does it go like i feel like tommy might just like kind of catapult it a little bit higher than it needs Mm -hmm. to be like maybe you're loyal for only a hundred years and Mm -hmm. not three you know (laughs) you know what i mean so i don't know (laughs) Yeah. Well, Tommy was born special, and he got like knocked down, and his head got hit a lot too. Well, I think so, it's fa- yeah, his father didn't yeah. like him. You know, we found out at that. I think it was the end of book book one. They book one and book two. They did Tommy's story, and you kind of get yeah. the backstory mm-hmm. of Tommy. Wasn't his he father was just an asshole? Wasn't Tommy clairvoyant? A little bit of clairvoyance because he could kind of tell the future a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's I think it's after he became a vampire he got into that but <laughs> he became a vampire because of his sister but yeah. and they went back and they killed their dad because the dad was such an asshole to them Ooh, was um, beating him and then he was you know molesting lizzie yeah unless there's one of those when you get bit by a vampire whoever bit you you're like super loyal to unless it's one of those things going on then i could understand tommy's loyalty Eliza a little bit more yeah, and yeah, I can see that because they all go seek out the one that bit Liza, don't they? Don't they go after him eventually and kill him in one of the stories? Liza did that. She that's did that Victor. Yeah, 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 that's Victor. That's, that's Mike's great, 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 great yeah. grandfather or whatever but it is. Like Lizzie goes crazy. Lizzie goes crazy, <laughs> and she's the one that's trying to kill all the Talbots. So that's that's like yeah. her thing. That's the yeah. That's the whole problem with that. Um, so question I have for you guys is which would you rather fight? Uh, a Lycan or a Gino Jarian? Oh, You've All had right. time to think about it. That's why, that's why I emailed you that. <laughs> you You'd rather like him back? Do I? Oh, I would definitely do. I would not do him because 
of the way they're going to eat you. Like, I don't want to be like strung out, hanging out for a day or two to die while I'm being like dismantled. So mm -hmm. Gina Jarian has like honor and they've trained for so long. At least you might, if you throw up a good fight, get put in the book after the fight and it won't be like <laughs> your name and like the day you died. But mm -hmm. I would like to like take on Gina Jarian, I think. It'll be a short fight, but I don't want him. Don't blame you. He's no. a buyer. He's a buyer. <laughs> Amber, what about you? Mm. You know we're liking. Uh, yeah, I chose liking only because um, I don't think I'm going to win at all. But um, I feel like that's the only thing I can mentally prepare myself to see. Like, I've never seen a crocodile in real life, and I couldn't imagine one standing on its feet talking and waving a weapon. Like, I've seen a big-ass dog. So I think having, like, a lichen is, like, a close second. And I feel like I could at least, like, comprehend that and, like, put up some type of a fight. But mm -hmm. not, like, <laughs> I think besides that, yes, yeah, this preference, I'd probably go after the lichen before a Gino. Okay. Aaron, you're a martial artist. How would you approach this and which one would you rather uh, fight? Um, as a martial artist, I would say 12 gauge or 10 gauge. Those would be your best <laughs> options um, with one of those two things. But I would probably rather, I, I like what Dak said, you know, like I'd rather probably fight a Gino because they've got honor, um, a lichen dragging your guts out and eating you in front of yourself like just to be a shithead like i mean there's so many times lichens just murdered people just to murder them and the genos didn't really i mean the genos like did it like kind of as a job and i feel like as a person that realizes that age and treachery will beat youth and skill at all times mm -hmm. um i could probably if somebody was honorable i could probably just kick them in the nuts enough to to win the fight so a lichen i think would do the same kind of treachery um even though they said xavier said lichens can't lie it's complete bullshit you know genos literally couldn't lie they just didn't even know how to so yeah, i think the treachery it. part of it yeah the only thing that sucks about the genos is that they could use weapons too so lichens are hands and claws where a geno can whip out this you know go get the stick and then you got a problem you know what i mean like i i i got what about you jeff I mean, hand to hand, you're 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 screwed either way, or hand to claw with a lichen. I think I would go with a Gino because you have. I think you'd have more of a chance with a Gino, where Genos are kind of built like a human. They got two feet, two arms, uh, you know, nads that if you had to, you know, you could really get a sucker punch in there. Where a lichen is, it's a wolf. It's got a long snout. Granted, a, a Gino's got a long snout too. But I think you'd have a better chance against the Geno than you would have liked it. Me personally, I wouldn't have a chance in hell versus either. Um, but that's that's just me. Mm. My, my two years of Taekwondo training, I don't think it would matter. A <laughs> hill of beans, I could kick your ankles, but that's about it. You know. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'll put this in there too. Lichen don't even like the fight. Genos were born to fight, so I got yeah. another one on like his side. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna fight something, I'd rather I'd rather fight something that's just gonna kill me honorably and quickly. Where like mm. Aaron said, a, a lichen would just eat your guts, and you know you'd be you'd be get eaten alive. You'd see your intestines being eaten, and I, I don't want that. I'd rather just you know, either my head get chopped off or just get run through. Uh, and yeah, and guys with that. Quick and Ooh, easy. Can I take liberties for a second? Go ahead. 
can I ask everybody the same question, but who wins in a fight, a Lycan or a Gino Jerrion? Gino, all day. I think a Gino, all the way. All day. Yeah. All day. All day. Yeah. yeah. Not even a question. Yeah. Absolutely. Lycans don't like to fight, and Gino's are, Gino's like a, like a, like a souped-up mic. They already know, they have hand-to-hand combat, combat training. They have weapons training. They're strong AF. Like mm-hmm. they, their snout are lo- their snouts are longer than um than lichen. Like they're it's come on, like yeah, it's and they're no powerful. Way. They're they're bred to fight. Yeah. So if anybody that watches this does computer animation and you know they want a little side project and make a lichen genogerian battle royale, or you're a cosplayer and you want to do that, let's toss that up. Let's let's see what that looks like. Oh, and one last thing before we go, uh, Azil is pregnant. Uh, out. Yeah. That, I, I heard that moment. I was like, oh, okay. I guess a mm-hmm. uh, 200 year old, witch uh, can still get pregnant. You know, it's not, you know, by 200 year old vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so Mike's not shooting blanks at that age, and uh, Azil still got a fertile womb. So this this will be interesting to see where this goes with this little time. Also, I, I think I'd like to pinpoint just really quickly for for the 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 end of the book. We already know that Maker is like really fucking with Mike. You know what I mean? Like he's like he's there's a lot of chance going on with how Mike plays out his entire life, right? Like mm-hmm. we we already get that, right? And I think that the 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 fact that Mike gets infatuated, like um, Azil is so infatuated with Mike and loves him so much that she puts those spells over him so that he doesn't rot and that he doesn't, like, no critters or anything can get to him. Like, mm-hmm. the the probability of it all is, like, just mind-blowing. You know what I mean? Like, Azil, like Mike could have offed himself. Azil could have not have caught feelings for him. Like, there's so many things that could have happened mm-hmm. to make it so that Azil didn't care enough about Mike to be able to do those protective things over him to trail on to the next part of the book. Yeah. Good point. I didn't even really, I didn't even think about that. Thank you. That's why we have you guys on the show. I, I <laughs> such insight. I didn't even think about. So uh, final thoughts before we wrap up, Aaron. Um, I just want to say that if anybody missed the joke about Adam Samir and the McRib, you missed out on a good one-liner. It was great. I was halfway through the book. I was like, Oh, that was solid. That was the, the first that McRib that ruled that created them all. I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm done. Mic drop, walk out. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> Dak, what about you? Um, I thought it was like just really great. Once you got into it, you really couldn't stop. And there, like y'all said, there's so much to think about. You just had to really kind of back off because you got really excited about like the great battles and like everything that was going on. But you have to make yourself kind of pull back with this one because like there's a lot of subtle stuff going on mm-hmm. that you really have to pay attention to. Yeah, so, it was you know, the first go around on it that I, I really, I, I heard the second time because I do it while I'm driving and I listen at fast speed. So it's stuff that you don't pick up on. You're like, oh, I, I should have paid attention to that, but I'm glad I got it on the the, the second go around. And yeah. I'm very interested to see where he goes with it in the next book where Mike 
technically it ends that Mike's dead. How do you, how do you, how does he come back or does he come back? And what's the deal? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Amber, what about you? Final thoughts? Uh, final thought. Absolutely loved it. Once again, um, it, I think it, this book had a lot in it. It had a lot in it. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about it. It was packed with a lot of different uh, things in it. And I would say for anybody who's a new reader, don't get too stuck on the, uh, on some of the aspects of the book, just because they'll never get explained. So you can just have fun with those thoughts and thinking on whatever the heck they are. And I, I love how it ended. And also, I don't know about you guys, but as I'm listening to the book, like I listen to it while I'm driving at work too. And it's, I don't know where the book is at because I can't look at my phone while I'm driving, obviously. But there were so many times that like the book could have ended and he just kept going and going and going. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I love, so I love it. I feel like there's so much into it and there's, he packed so much great knowledge in it. I would recommend that if you're going through the series, go through it once, but definitely go do it again so you can catch all the subtle details mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely one of those things where you can't just listen to it once. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely a, 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 a two or three listen to it. And he's got so much, you know, out there. You know, it's like this, you know, four, is it 40 something novels at this point or whatever yeah. it is to try to cram it all in and be like, okay, I got to listen at least one, two or three times to pick it up. It's like watching a movie, you know, because you're visualizing everything in your head, trying to think of, what this would look like. What is this to try to remember it a little bit better? It's, it's, it's crazy. And there's so much mm-hmm. in this one story that happens that I really enjoyed it. So. It's cool that we're reading this series too, because he just came out with a new one. So I think this is the first time that on your podcast that we'll be yeah. reviewing. I know devil's desk was kind of new, but like, this will be the first time that we've reviewed or that you've done a you know podcast that we've got a really current book that we actually mm-hmm. might need to worry about spoilers because people won't have read it. It'll be fresh to all of us. All of us get to read it and then get on the podcast and be like, what the fuck just happened? Well, some people yeah. have been tossing up in the fan group like, you know, oh, I can't believe this and get the Kleenex and the waterworks and this last like, mm. nope, nope, scroll, nope, scroll. Nope. I don't want to uh, read it all I, all I have to say for you guys who haven't read it yet, you guys have great self-control because I didn't realize it came out. My wife told me it came out. I completely stopped what I was doing and switched over and, and just killed the book in a day and a half. Like, you I listened to it already? Yes. Really? You, guys have uh. great, you guys have great self-control. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I have no idea why you guys waited. I was like, no. Like I'm listening to it right now. I don't care. I'm like, trying to dive into what we to 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 the the one at hand. So I I'm I'm as informed as I can be and not sound like a total idiot. You know, which probably isn't helping at all and not working. <laughs> but I don't want to skip ahead. I I'm reading this kind of fresh because I don't remember a lot of it. You know, well, I know you have to think about it. I also, like. I also recently read the series, like probably like a couple months ago. So it's not like it's brand new for me either. Like I just recently read the series. So I'm like, yeah, when, when the next one came out, I dove right into it. I'll be like, you guys, you guys have a lot of self-control. Cause I'll like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I like to think I have some, some kind of willpower, you know, except for like hostess cupcakes. I'll stop and get those every once in a while. And I'm not going to, you know, those are good when it comes to the, to the reading and stuff like that. But uh Dak, Amber, and Aaron, thank you guys as always. You have been mm-hmm. awesome. If you are new to the show, please like and subscribe uh on YouTube, Facebook, the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, everywhere. The show is now up on Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. Finally, 
got that all squared away. So there's many, many places where you can find the show. Give us a rating and review. It helps us get the show out there. Helps other people that are fans of the genre find the show. Um, and all of that. Anything that I missed, guys? You wanna, you wanna, you wanna say real quick before we go. Um, Bigfoot is often confused as a, a, a I can't even say Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Thank you. Sasquatch. But so yet he Yeti never complains. I just screwed that joke up so bad. <laughs> Bigfoot is often confused with a Sasquatch. Yeti never complains. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, all of you guys. Thank today. you very much. Have a good night. Bye. You have been listening to the Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. Copyright 2023 by Chestnut Hill Studios. Hosted by Jeff Royds. Technical advisor, Mary Napoli. Music by Burnt Eggs. The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast, is property of Chestnut Hill Studios, and no part of the show can be remixed, rewind, remastered, rebroadcasted without the express written consent of Chestnut Hill Studios. Follow the show on Facebook at The Chronicles of Michael Talbot, the podcast. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review. It does help other people find the show. Make sure to check out all the other titles from Mark Tufo at marktufo.com or at audible.com. Or if you're one of those people that still buys books, they are are all available up at Amazon and they'll be delivered to your house, which is convenient. That is the end of the show. You may now go about your normal day.